Welcome to The Cloaked. We are a collective of inquiring minds seeking answers to mysteries both past and present. Join us on our journey to discover that which remains hidden. And now, on with the show. My head hurts. Actually, my eye hurts. Because of your cat attack? Yeah, dude. Fucking cat jumped. <laughs> thinking it was a ninja or parkouring or something. Parkour. going to do parkour. I remember when they used to be called yamakaze. And, and then it hit me in the face. A what a kazi? Yamakazes. Yamakazes? Interesting. Very interesting. You know what else is interesting? Yeah, so did you read the article about uh, the new discovery of the Mayan palace? What do, you, what do you think about the uh, this uh, new discovery? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that... Oh, yeah, try this. What? Oat? Oat, yeah. Is, uh, is that like goat? Like oats? Like honey honey bunches of oats? Yeah. All right. Today's episode is being sponsored by... Oh, yeah. Disney Plus. <laughs> you get it at your local store? Yeah. That's not bad. It's it's like sweet, right? Yeah, I didn't put any sugar in it. What? Just, no sugar? It's just the creamer. That's amazing. What is this thing called again? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's good, man. That is fucking good. Um, so so there, I, I saw the pictures, but I don't understand like the whole context of it. it it's a, it's another Mayan ruin that they found in the jungle, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, back in the day. I mean, there was a giant empire. It was a city. I mean, it covered all the way from. Uh, to from Mexico, Central Mexico, South Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, uh, all the way down to like what Colombia. So it was a, I mean, it was a giant empire. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that they're discovering all these new, um, new palaces and pyramids, and they're discovering these pits um, that are like a inverted pyramid. Uh, and they're discovering, uh, you know, all these temples that they had where different gods uh, were uh, worshipped. This uh, this new discovery of the this palace, I mean, it dates over a thousand years ago. And so it, it's, it's pretty amazing that they're continuing to discover these new things. I mean, and, and, and not just to focus always, uh, I know we do a lot of focusing on like Mayan civilization because... There's a lot of weird uh, connectivity, as I would like to put it, with with aliens, right? Because some of the stuff that they sometimes depict is fascinating. And a lot of people always put it into a connection with uh, the pure mathematics that's attributed to some of the stuff they do. It's always connected to something that's beyond this earth. But I think what I think, was amazing was the... Uh, their thought of like time the way they kept time right because they thought the everything calendars. yeah for they had to be observant for such a long they had to keep recording yeah. of everything because events would reoccur right over and over again and they spanned thousands of thousands of years so like uh comets eclipses you have to be pretty observant to at least notice well, not that. just that some of the stuff that they, as far as like information that they collected, you had to take knowledge 
and observation of expands of years and decades. And for there was, I know there was one thing that they they said that they had to have had a collection of these, maybe through some kind of script or tablets or something, where they, I don't know if you recall this, but they found that there was a galaxy that would show up every few thousand years or something like that, or like a star. It was like a, they, it's a constellation or something like that, and they kept track of it. And the only way to keep track of it, of its movements through a full, um, through a full span, is if you kept track of it through centuries. And I think that's amazing that they were able to do that. And, and again, there's always these theories that they put into these ideologies and conspiracies that aliens were involved. And I could see why people would always like attach something like that to that. But I mean, it's not to discredit them their ability to observe, just record, and all, record of this, yeah. all of that. Yeah, and the 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 thing is that I think with a lot of people who are these conspiracy theorists is that we don't have a whole lot of records to show that. I mean, we we can totally thank the Spaniards for that. Yes, for destroying, for destroying the all records. Of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of that stuff was burned. Temples were sacked. They try to keep a lot of that safe. And so sometimes some of that stuff, whenever the conquistadors came along, a lot of the civilians, a lot of the people, priests and commodores, they took some of that shit into hiding because they knew that shit was important. Scientifically, all that research is important. So they took that. You know, they didn't want that to be destroyed. And it's somewhere probably lost in the jungle, maybe buried deep underground or something. Or maybe there, I mean, I know there's still Mayan tribes out there down in Mexico. And they, you know, they pass down from generation to generation a lot of uh, information. Uh, a lot of the languages kept. And you actually could go on YouTube and learn Mayan. Uh, I, I've done that a couple of times. And, you know, I try to learn some words from a child. Of all things. <laughs> of all things, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, they're, they're teaching the kids first, obviously, their native language, which is Mayan, and then Spanish, which I completely agree that you should keep a language like that alive. And a lot of these people, which I find fucking amazing that these Mayan tribes have YouTube channels that they're putting their their language out there. Oh, they're, they're trying to keep their uh, culture alive. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to record it. Record it and yeah. bring it into the, the digital world. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's very important. And if you I know we have listeners from all over the world and I definitely appreciate that we have listeners from all over the world. And a lot of the times people I mean you go to YouTube, there's a lot of dumb shit, not gonna lie, there's a lot of dumb shit and I watch some of that shit sometimes but I think the most important part about YouTube is that there's stuff of like do it do it yourself kind of shit projects that are pretty fucking cool. But I think the other thing that is important is that people keep alive your culture. Put your culture out there, keep it alive and support that. And with that said, our topic for today is near death experiences. Uh, I think I actually have uh, a cousin of mine who had that type of experience. And what it is, is 
you know, it, it's one of those things where you die temporarily, right? Yeah. And you had some kind of, well, it could be a religious experience. It could be a, I don't know, a traveling experience. It, there's, there, mm-hmm. it's an experience. Or ending up in hell. Ended up in hell in heaven. It is. It, it's extended to where, um, for example, there's people who have gone through surgery and they wake up and they're next to themselves while they're performing the surgery and they're see, they're watching the doctor perform the surgery and they can recall like things that were said and discussed um, what they did. They could go into detail of a, of, of a different things that that was said. And I, I find that amazing that, you know, that people who go through something like that can recall these type of things. And they a lot of the times there's some extraordinary stories that that it's very fascinating. I'm, another example is uh, there was a kid that was being, uh, I guess he was having surgery and ends up in what he can describe as heaven, right? <laughs> and he sees his grandparents and family members there and he felt... You know, Love. loved and amazing and free and wanted to stay, kind of a thing. And that people who go through heaven, who say they go through heaven, as far as a religious aspect of the near death experience, is uh, that's something that they f- they always describe as they feel this incredible amount of love, a lot of warmth, uh, a lot of warmth. They feel this energy. They feel this wanting to stay, but then they get pushed out. Well, they tell them it's not your time. Not your time, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, my, the my personal example, I don't know if you have one, Hoffman, but um, one of my one of my cousins uh, years ago, uh, he was at this local river, and he had eaten I don't know food. You know how they say don't eat food and then jump in the water. Well, he did that. He got a cramp, and he got a cramp, and he couldn't he couldn't swim, and he was out there alone. And the the river was moving, not too much, but it was moving. Mm-hmm. And he started getting cramped, and he started going under. Well, he he goes under, and the river starts taking him in, and he starts struggling to come out, and he ends up under the water, blacking out, in and out. And he said, you know, at some point he completely blacked out. He the the last thought that he for sure had was, oh shit, I'm going to die. And so he blacks out. The next thing he knows is that he's hearing a voice and it's completely pitch black. And he's hearing this voice and he doesn't understand the language. And he feels this crazy vibration through his body. And this is all happening in like seconds two seconds tops and he's feeling all this warmth all of a sudden he was cold because of the water he starts feeling warm vibration running through his body and he's hearing again a language he doesn't understand and all of a sudden he feels like his whole body was just completely pulled out of the river mm-hmm. and next thing you know he's waking up and here he's near in like off to the side of the river and he's looking around, and there's nobody around. It's just him by himself. And what? doesn't know what happened, who pulled him, he could, to thank him, who, whoever pulled him. And at the time, uh, he, he weighs about 
260, 270 pounds, so about my weight. He's, he's a big boy. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's a little bit taller than me. He's about six three, six four. Okay. Um, and again, whoever pulled him had to be strong, strong, yeah. and and especially for him to be pulled away from the river, probably a couple of yards from the river, and people ran to him. Nobody saw who pulled him. They just noticed that he wasn't in the in the spot that he was, and, and they started him. looking for him. And then they spotted him, and they were calling, "Hey, look, he's over here. He's over here." And so, based on what he said, he's like, "It felt like, it felt amazing, like this experience that he had." Um, and he after that, for years, he talked about it, yeah. and he was in a band where his band played at uh, at a church. And so, it's one of those things that he was all, he always was encouraged to talk about because he always thought that, you know, it was some, maybe like a, an angel or some kind of guardian of some sort because um, he was very religious, very religious guy, which is um, a little bit odd because the rest of his, uh, in his family, immediate family, his, his brothers mm-hmm. and his parents, not religious at all. And he's the only person in that family who was very religious, and he had this experience, and he always attributed to you know this like guardian type of thing. Oh, I mean, I can I can attest to the uh, the feeling, the vibration, because uh, when I was uh, five or six, uh, I was involved in a car accident. Yeah, uh, lost uh, a lot of blood, nearly lost my hand, had internal bleeding. Blacking in and out, and that, that's one of the things uh, I remember that, and like hearing static, mm-hmm. and like the static would subside, and then I would come to, and then more static, and then black, and then it would get quiet, and the static would come back, feel the vibration, but uh, I, I don't remember any, because one of the, the things that people talk about is the feeling of someone like. Uh, like an entity being nearby, someone mm-hmm. watching you, or uh, seeing a light, and for me it was uh, nothing. I didn't. You didn't experience anything. That all, all experience was blacking in and out. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> Dog just pops out of nowhere. <laughs> what are you doing? He has something to say. Uh, I'm mad at him because <laughs> my mom got me some uh, some slippers. Uh huh. Did you chew them? It's right up there. You can see it. It's right next to the TV. Fucking chewed the shit out of him. Oh shit! <laughs> I was pretty pissed, but yeah. So I mean, I, I can attest to some of the feelings, but some of the things that they they reference mm-hmm. as far as um, scientifically. Well, not, not saying scientifically. I just I didn't experience a lot of the some of the stuff that they they're talking about. Right, like uh, feeling of warmth. Um, I remember being calm, but I know that that was because uh, I had gone into shock. Mm-hmm. But as far as because I, I don't I don't know it's like a survival thing I guess certain people can can it's almost like your body just goes into like a cold, like a cooling mode and it starts to calm your body yeah so your heart rate slows, slows down. down yeah your your breathing becomes more shallow um, but it's because your body you're it's damaged and yes. it's trying to pull as much uh, blood and everything t- towards your vital organs. In my case, uh, the sort of what 
got me into trouble because I had internal bleeding. So I went into shock. And then since everything rushes out from your limbs into your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, since I had internal bleeding, that's yeah. what was causing me to like... Come in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, one of the stories that I have, and I, I I laughed so hard the first time I heard about this, is this uh, little girl from uh, Ecuador. It's 23 Hours in Hell. Have you heard about it? No, but it sounds interesting, and I feel like it should be a movie. Continue on. So, so one Directed of the, by Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> one of the... <laughs> So apparently she ended up uh, having a near-death experience and going to hell. And while she was in hell, she saw one of the popes. <laughs> what? Uh, John, uh, po- uh, Pope John Paul II, Michael Jackson. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, uh, when was this, though? I'm, tra- I'm trying to look that up right now. Um, that is amazing. And it, it's also one of those things like where they would go to church and it was one of the stories that she would tell. And I, I, I don't know how I necessarily feel about that because I, th- I think that they're trying to use this as some sort of proof of an afterlife. Right. So. But why would John Paul II be in there? I don't I know. That's what I'm curious I mean, Michael Jackson, we could always, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like, okay, my, oh, you saw Michael Jackson in hell. Well, you know, there is those stories, but. So, so quote, quote, uh, take, for example, Michael Jackson. This man was uh, a famous man, a man known around the world, but his man, or this man, was a Satanist, which I did not know. I, Michael Jackson was a Satanist. I don't think so. But all right, continue on. <laughs> this man had satanic covenants. Uh, he would have come to agreements with the devil in order to achieve fame. But, I mean, I can sort of see that, but at the same time, this guy worked pretty hard to be where he was. Yes. Uh, let me tell you that Michael Jackson was in hell. <laughs> Why? Because the Lord let him see him? I, I don't know. I, I guess that's a bad translation. When, when it's like a kid talking about things like that, I feel like there is a almost like a pre... Like maybe the parents said something and that's already like imprinted in them. Yeah. And then now they fantasize that... Oh, know, my parents are right. He is he the is devil. The devil. Or yeah. he is a Satan worshiper <laughs> or, you know. But the the I think what I find more interesting and more... I want to know more about is John Paul II. <laughs> let, me, let me see what, what's in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, why, why would the Pope be there? And then people would point to, like, V for Vendetta. You know the Pope scene. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, because there's, there's things that we don't know that they do. I mean, the powerful type people uh, can do anything. So I wouldn't leave that out. But, um, I mean, any any of that could, could be attributed to that. But I'm curious to see or to hear of what this little girl said about uh, John Paul II. Uh, if anything, if she knows anything, uh, just maybe she just saw John Paul II. So, uh, an excerpt from the the book says, uh, "When Pope John Paul II died, my friends and my cousins would tell me that he had gone to heaven. All the news on TV, on Extra, and many other places would say John Paul II has died. May he rest in peace." Uh, he is now rejoicing with the Lord and with the angels in heaven, and I believed all of it, but I was fooling myself with all the people, what they were saying. 
when I suddenly saw this man who had been tormented by those flames and the look on his face, it was John Paul II. The Lord said to me, look, daughter, the man that you see there is John Paul. <laughs> what? He is here in this place and he's being tormented because he did not repent. And I asked the Lord, why is he here? Uh, he used to preach at church, I replied. Uh, daughter, no fornicator, no idoler. Idolater? I, I, what is that? Idoler. Idoler. Uh, no one who is greedy and no liar will inherit my kingdom. To which I commented, yes, I know that is true. But I want to know why is he, why is he here? Yes, daughter. He may have said many things, but he never speaks the truth as it is. He never said the truth, and they know that it's a. Apparently, he was a liar. He preferred money over preaching about salvation. He would not really offer. This is like really convoluted. So he was. He was preach. It sounds like he was preaching. Uh, lies or preaching charity instead of but not being charitable exactly. I, I see what I, I could see what that what that is, but man, to be in hell for that something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, we're, we're going to hell. <laughs> and, well, I mean that's obvious, but I mean <laughs> my thing. It sounds like you know what it sounds like. I don't know if you ever saw that show, The Good Place. No. Okay, so The Good Place. I don't know if any of you guys watch The Good Place. Um, but what it is is, uh, to, in order to get to heaven, it works on a point system, right? And what? <laughs> yes, it's a point system, right? So any, it's like a karma. So any little bad thing you do, it gets tallied, right? And if you your tallies of bad outweigh that of good, then you're going to hell. Well, this is this sounds a lot like uh, the Catholic belief where they people that didn't have the time, right, to like pray and. They would hire people. They would pay them to pray for them. Right. This this is what it sounds like to me. Something like that. Where, but like, it's more like any little bad thing you do would completely outweigh the little good you did. So, like one, let's say you did one bad thing. Let's say I kicked an old lady. Right. That's like a hundred points because it's really bad. (laughs) What? Yeah. What if you deserved it? But let's say you gave money to a poor man, a homeless guy. That only counts as one point. So everything you do only counts as one point. That's good. But any little bad thing you did would be ten times more of a bad point. See, but... So you had to be, like, really good in order to get to heaven. But I think... Quote, unquote. The the good and bad is, like, subjective, right? Right. Because you you could be thinking that you're doing good for someone. Right. But the... It could be bad. The the homeless man you just gave money to... You could be buying it for drugs. Exactly. Right. So you're like, yeah, I'm helping out this guy, and this guy's like, fuck yeah. I gave money once. I gave a guy, a homeless guy, $5, but he told me he was going to use it to buy alcohol. He told me the truth, and I respected it. (laughs) Like, you know, just, just for that, here's that, another five. That was an honest man, literally. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it, in, in a, a lot of ways, I feel like um, I'm more along the Buddhist side where it's karma. You know, you try to do good. Mm-hmm. You try to be the best type of person. It is hard to be good all the time uh, because sometimes 
you had a bad day, you know, you may yell at somebody that didn't deserve it. And you know what? At the end of the day, you could apologize to this person. You know what I mean? You could redeem yourself by doing so. I feel like there's ways that if you do something bad, you could, there's ways you could get out of uh, out of an, out of the the bad side of karma when you do something like that to redeem yourself in certain ways. But at the same time, it's that very action that you had to redeem yourself out of. So let's say, like the old lady, you you accidentally kicked this old lady multiple times, multiple times for whatever reason. I kept tripping. <laughs> you kept tripping. Whatever. But you redeemed yourself by apologizing. You helped her cross the street. And you made sure she was okay. I right? paid for her medical bills. Paid because... for her medical bills or whatever. That's like redeeming yourself. But I mean, at the end of the day, on top of that, you also have to, if you felt really bad, you also have to forgive yourself for doing, for doing what you did. But you have to be true to, in forgiving yourself. You have to be honest in that. You know what I mean? You can't just fake forgive yourself. You know, if you don't feel sorry, that, that that's not genuine. That's bad karma as well. Because you're lying to because yourself. Because you're lying to yourself. Exactly. Huh. I need the to teachers of the Buddhists. <laughs> you got to be honest with yourself. I mean, if you're not... Here's the other thing. is like, you got to be true to yourself. At the end of the day, if you're true to yourself to who you are, at the you could eventually become the full person that you're meant to become. If you're full of yourself. <laughs> Full of yourself. <laughs> no, but you got to be honest with yourself. Well, got to be I, true to yourself. I think for me, it's more. You're. No one's ever the, the exact same person that they were. You, you're constantly growing, right? right. So, it, this is turning into like one of those self help podcasts. Self help. So, no one is perfect. No one is ever perfect because. Right. There's things that there, we're put in situations where, I mean, we don't know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And every little thing that we're put up against is, is a test. It's, yeah, every day is a test. Yeah, life is sort of like the, it gives you the test first and then shows you the lesson afterwards. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you're not paying attention to what you're doing and, like, constantly self-reflecting, right? of course, you, you're never going to learn if you never go back and check, oh, like I did something really bad, I need to fix it. Yeah, because yeah. there is a thing of like living too much in the present, um, or and not reflecting what you've done, yeah. um, especially if it's something bad. Uh, but there's also a thing of too much living in the past, because then if you live in the past, trying to fix those things, you're never able to, you're never able to move forward as well. Also, part of the Buddhist teachings. <laughs> uh, so I mean, there, there's a lot. I mean, a lot of this knowledge is in a lot of religions and not just the Buddhists. But um, I think it's very important to kind of be open to a lot of these things that happen to you and, and actions you may take that may affect others. Um, but with these near-death experiences that people are having, one of the other interesting um, aspects uh, and stories that people have is that uh, besides the ones people where they go to hell and heaven or experience the weird things uh, during surgery, it's the ones where they actually project into a different world where one of the stories that I, that I thought was interesting was a person who 
uh, and I've been into this type of situations where I've been hit by a vehicle multiple times. How does that keep times. happening? I have no idea. But it's usually my left side that gets injured. I have all these scars. I've um, never noticed. And it's all on my left side. Does it have one here on my knee where I split my knee open? He's wearing shorts right now in the dead of winter. It's so weird. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, but I flew off my bike and I hit the, the concrete uh, on the road twice hit by the same truck twice i think i told the story before. yeah you, you did tell this <laughs> and i was like i'm mexican i can survive and i got back on the bike and rode around and then like, the same truck <laughs> because they were looking for me <laughs> in the same street um and obviously i didn't learn but uh so with that uh, this individual uh was also crossing the street right crossing the street and gets hit by a car Somebody who wasn't paying attention, um, and all they remember is feeling this impact and their vision of what they were seeing, what they were walking towards, almost like ro- starting to rotate because they were being tossed up in the air. And so, as they're being tossed up in the air, they black out, right? Because of the sheer, I'm scientific, I'm thinking the sheer impact. Yeah, the, the force. Right, the force. And at some point, obviously, they hit the ground and whatever, and, you know, uh, they call, somebody calls the ambulance, they, they get there, and the, they have this experience, they wake up in a hospital, but their experience was, is that they wake up, and it's pure darkness, and they're hearing something you heard, and I've heard this before in a different experience, uh, which I'll tell later, but Static. They heard this like kind of a and with like a humming type noise. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you remember OTVs when you turned them on, they had to <laughs> pop. Yeah, that's what they heard. And all of a sudden, they're seeing what they thought was maybe like dust, but it was distant, right? And they, they could see the little fragments of it. And they're trying to figure out. This person's trying to figure out what's happening, and they're looking around. And it's almost like their vision is, they can't move 360. It's almost like... It's like tunnel vision. Tunnel vision, yeah. They can only look to one point, from one point to the other point, and that's it. They can't turn, they can't, they're fixed, right? And so, this dust is passing by, and there's more. And some of it's like, color, and the best that they can describe it is like uh, like glitter. This glitter starts to form. And Pandora and I have talked about glitter before in our other previous episodes. And our Patreon episode, we have a Patreon episode where we talk about this glitter thing. But they saw what looked like this glitter, this like uh, multi-color kind of glitter. Most of it in some kind of gold and silver. But that's kind of passing through. My idea was this, like, stardust, right? This is crazy stardust that's passing by. But, and I'll explain why stardust. Because all of a sudden, they hear a language. Again, this is why I started off with my cousin's thing, is that they heard this language, and they don't understand. They're like, what the fuck is what are they, What are they saying? I don't understand what they're saying. And what they thought, what it sounded like, is, like, maybe Arabic... And a mix with maybe like Japanese, because this person I guess was familiar mm-hmm. with Japanese. I don't know. 
And that, that's what the best way they can describe it. It was like a mix of languages, but it was from the same individual. And it almost was like they were trying to figure out the language they spoke. This person spoke, right? Mm-hmm. Because the tone was almost changing. And all of a sudden, they could then picture what this person was talking about. The language wasn't there anymore. It was now images. They were seeing like these images mm-hmm. of like things. So one of the things that they saw was a house. Um, they saw a road. They saw a dog. They saw, I think it was like a a, a body of water or some sort. It was like a memory. Like, like, like But they weren't his memory. They were just images being shown to him. Um, and then, this is the other part, is... They saw what looked like a humanoid coming from the distance, far distance, passing the the uh, the stardust that was continuously moving, coming into vision, and walking directly at them. And they couldn't tell what this uh, humanoid looked like at first, but it was walking towards them directly. And the best thing that they could say initially what it looked like was maybe like it had the body of like a luchador right like stocky stocky kind of guy semi-muscular semi-muscular v shape you know uh, coming towards them and a big head this this is God right maybe I don't know maybe he's a luchador he's a luchador with a mask on but (laughs) as he came closer we have our new shirts Right? Oh, shit. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so this, this luchador-type figure is coming towards them. And they're black with, like, a weird outline. And that's the way they were able to tell what what it, what it was. But mm. the weird outline was maybe, like, like, um, like, it was radiating this kind of glow. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a normal glow. There was something off about it. Each, this person couldn't fucking tell. And so, as they got closer, this individual had one eye. One eye. And that's what they could just fixate on. It's like, this thing has one eye. It's weird. And the rest of the body was, like, a charcoal, kind of, like, snaky skin. But it w- it looked dry. I take I take it back. This is this is the devil. <laughs> this is devil coming, <laughs> or one of the devil demons, um, or something. And so this thing is getting closer. And initially, it was like, well, this figure looks like it could be maybe my height or something. Mm. Um, but then it got bigger and bigger. And this thing was fucking giant as it got closer. This person says over seven feet for sure. Big guy. Uh, one eye couldn't tell that there was a mouth. And it had these weird ears, um, almost like a full circular type ears, but they were more inside the, the head than out, like how we have it. So they were in. There were ears that were in, but like in the head. You know what I mean? So like the rest of the skull was like bulging out over it? Yes. And so anyway, so this person, this humanoid is trying to communicate with this individual and they're like they're like i don't understand what you're saying i i don't know what the, any of these pictures mean and they were like okay so what 
like what's what's happening they're trying to figure out what's happening and then all of a sudden their whole body starts to vibrate right their fucking body is vibrating and all of a sudden like that they're in some kind of they're watching what looks like some kind of uh uh what do you call it a some kind of system some kind of solar system there's planets planets that this person does not recognize like all of a sudden this thing comes into play i don't know if it zooms in or just fucking appears but all of a sudden there's planets everywhere and they're looking around and it's almost like this thing is pointing at a planet right and this person's like what like what 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 do you what do you you live there like do you live there is that where you're coming from is that because at this point i'm thinking as i'm reading this like this is some astral projection shit you just astral projected into this realm that that we've kind of talked about before, that when it comes to astral projecting, that some people can astral project into a, almost like a realm, almost like a, this little hall where other people who can astral project meet up, right? Other intelligence can meet up. It's like a chat like room. Like a chat room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this thing is telling them that what only what they can assume is this, this is where they live. This is where they live. This is where they're coming from. And... They're being shown this system, this map of some sort. And, you know, to me, it's just like, oh, shit, this sounds very fascinating. And all of a sudden, this person starts feeling some kind of jolt, like this jolt. And they're seeing waves come out of their, out of their what they assume is their body. And all of a sudden, they're pulled and everything goes white. They're st- they start hearing what sounds like beeping sounds and people he's he recognized the language it's english and there's people running around and you could hear they're in a room somewhere they're somewhere and they're like i'm in a hospital and he wakes up and there was a guy using the um what do you call them the defibrillator yeah to bring them back, I guess to pump their the to shock their heart, right? Yeah, that means his heart had stopped. Yeah, or it was near you. Or, or yeah, and so he wakes up and he's in the hospital. They're giving him, you know, a, a mask or whatever. He has these things connected. He's in some kind of like his shirt had been ripped off, and you know, there's people around him, the doctors and nurses and shit, and. That was his experience. He, you know, he had this weird fucking experience where, and the, the, I think the most amazing part is that it wasn't a heaven and it wasn't a hell. It was this other fucking place. Yeah. So when people say that, you know, they have proof of these other places, or what, what if these other places are places where you could potentially end up? You don't know. Or what if this is where everyone goes and it's just your religious belief that leads you to believe uh that you're in a heaven or a hell because i'm assuming if you see a one-eyed monster coming towards you you could think that you're in hell yeah yeah and maybe the place that you recognize uh where they take you as something from your past that you either regret or that you hate maybe it's like probing your your mind or your Mm -hmm. memory for something for you to recognize and you tend to remember the the most either pleasurable or most horrific experiences that you've had are the ones that stick out to you the most. And that reflects. Yeah. So it, it 
if you feel guilty in life, it's something that you're going to end up reliving. Reliving, yeah. right. Um, I also think about sometimes the idea of these near-death experiences that people have and the, the whatever place they visit. And for example, if it's hell... Hey there guys, thank you for listening for the first part of the near-death experiences and stay tuned for the next episode of part two of the near-death experiences. Of course, when you put Hoffman and myself together, we tend to have a very long episode of stories and a lot of information that we've gathered over the years. And of course, we always have our personal experiences. And so again, like always, please share, like, uh, tell your friends and give us a five-star rating on any podcast provider. And again, we'll We'll see you on the next episode.